Howdy folks, you're listening to Smarticus Tells History, the podcast where we discuss some of the wacky and crazy stories your friends may have told you. So sit down, have a beer or two, and let's learn a thing or two. Hey, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening to the show and welcome back for episode number three. Today's story takes us into the life of an American man who had the unfortunate luck to have the Civil War start and end in his home, a man known by the name of Wilmer McLean. Wilmer was born on May 3rd of the year 1814 in Manassas, Virginia. Who was he? Well, when he was just a young lad, barely old enough to walk himself to school, he had lost both his mother and his father. Now that he was an orphan, he was raised by some of his relatives, not one in particular, but several of them. The majority of his education had been received from the Alexander Academy, which placed a high importance on mathematics and many other classic educations such as penmanship. As it happened, Robert E. Lee also attended the Alexander Academy, studied algebra and geometry, and among other things. You see, Robert E. Lee was only seven years older than Wilmer, and it is believed that they both followed a similar path of study. Although Lee was finishing up his study while Wilmer had just begun his, and they did not have any close personal relationship at that time. While Wilmer studied at Alexandria, he also received exceptional training in penmanship, which at that time was of high importance. This training eventually led to a few letters being preserved in the National Archives. Two of the letters were written to two generals and another one to the President of the United States at that time. Once he had completed his studies at Alexandria, he had to consider what it was that he wanted to do with his life. Now his father, before he had passed away, had been a successful businessman there in Alexandria. Many of his father's friends would be more than grateful to take on one of his sons and encourage them to start a career as a commercial businessman in Alexandria. The other option, it would seem, was that he could have chosen to pursue what was that of an occupation in government service. His two brothers, Samuel and Anthony, had both chosen this path. Wilmer decided to go on ahead and go into wholesale and retail grocery business. This chosen line of work was a large investment, as it was a new system and at the time was made profitable largely by the coming and going of ships at Alexandria's port. The ships helped make the line of work very profitable, however, as a young man, Wilmer did not have much money, especially since he didn't receive any benefits from his father's estate, which was being held in a trust for him until he was 21. Once he had received these benefits, it allowed him to resolve his issues in maintaining his investment in that business. Now, McLean was never part of the Confederate Army. However, he was likely a member of the Alexander Militia, as all men between the ages of 18 and 45 were required to enroll, much like today. And at that time, the militia was required to meet annually and had to take part in public functions such as presidential inaugurations like that of President Taylor on March 5th of 1849. In numerous different writings, Wilmer McLean is often referred to having the title of Major, though he was in fact a civilian. All the records about him in the National Archives are located in the civilian file. Now, as it were, if it were not for the death of a man named John Seddon Mason, no one may even have heard of little old Wilmer McLean. You see, Wilmer married a woman by the name of Virginia Beverly Huey Mason, who was John Mason's widow. Virginia's grandfather was Bernard Huey, whom owned 145 acres of land that would later become part of the Yorkshire estate, where the McLeans would live after they were married. You see, tensions were high between the North and the South and had been steadily growing, and on July 17, 1861, McLean made an offer to General Beauregard to use his house as headquarters for the war, and later as a hospital. It was agreed upon that the Confederate Army would pay the rent to the McLean family in a total sum of $825, which is roughly $21,000 today. Now, that is over the course of the entire war. Now, McLean was a businessman, and he made use of that war. 
By using the Union blockade to the Confederates, he was able to run sugar and numerous other supplies and made himself a nice little nest egg of a small fortune. The following night, on July 18, 1861, as Beauregard was sitting at the dining table of the McLean home, a cannonball suddenly exploded through the fireplace and into the kitchen. Now, there is a passage in the General's diary that reads, A comical effect of this artillery flight was the destruction of the dinner of myself and staff by a federal shell that fell into the fireplace of my headquarters at the McLean house. That cannonball was the start of the first Battle of the Bull Run, and marked the point in time that the Civil War had begun in full. Although it is important to note that the official start of the Civil War was in fact at Fort Sumner on April 12, 1861. After about a year, the second Battle of the Bull Run had started, and Wilmer had begun to understandably fear for his family's life. His house and land was now practically torn to shreds due to the war, so he decided to relocate his family over 100 miles to southern Virginia. It was there he found a nice two-story home in Appomattox, Virginia. He had planned and hoped that it would be far enough away from the war. Well, he was wrong. Although it took a few years of peace and quiet, the war had found him once again with the Battle of Appomattox Courthouse, which began on April 9, 1865. You see, General Robert E. Lee had been forced to flee Richmond and head west in the hopes that he could find some Confederate soldiers in North Carolina. The Union troops had followed Lee, where he made his last stand at the Appomattox Courthouse. Lee had then sent a messenger to the McLean household and informed him that Lee had intended to surrender and he wanted no location that he could do so. Wilmer McLean showed the messenger a few locations, however only his home once again was deemed suitable by the messenger. On April 9th, General Robert E. Lee and Lieutenant General Ulysses S. Grant met in McLean's parlor where Lee officially surrendered. The conditions of the surrender was that none of Lee's soldiers would be held for treason or be sent to prison. They would be allowed to leave, and those soldiers that were starving were fed with rations. Now, as it were, McLean wouldn't have any luck with the war if it wasn't for bad luck. His first home had been blown to pieces by the start of the war, and now that the war had ended, his home was once again under attack. But this time, soldiers were taking souvenirs such as chairs, tables, and other random household items. McLean began to protest that his house was being robbed. Some of the soldiers began to offer him money instead. Items such as the table that the surrender had been signed upon by Lee and Grant was sold to General Edward Ord for $40, which today is about $1,000. Then, yet again, a few days after the signing, McLean's house was marked as the official headquarters of the United States Army for Major General John Gibbon. Civilians began coming to the house and taking items. It is noted, however, that through Wilmer McLean's efforts of selling items in the house during the signing, he was able to make enough money to furnish an entire apartment complex. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a story of how one man had the unfortunate luck to have the Civil War start and end in his home. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And if you have heard any wacky and crazy stories that you want told here, you can go to our Facebook page at Smarticus Tales History and leave a comment. Now, with that being said, I'll see you next time, and you guys have a wonderful, fantastic, and awesome day. Bye now.